Hi everyone, this is Allie Duff and I am your host for the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. Throughout this podcast, we will explore honest, vulnerable, and unfiltered conversations with people who inspire me the most. These conversations will dive deeper into where our guests have been, how they got started, and where they are going. The topics will range from careers, starting a business, following your passion, living life outside of the culture's norm, and of course, my fave, mental health. The Feeling Good Sometimes podcast was truly created to remind you that it's okay if you don't feel good every single day. I surely don't. And of course, I am always here to remind you that you are never alone in your journey. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It's obviously Allie. I'm so excited that you're back and you're ready to listen to this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. It truly means so much to me that you even listen. Um, So today we are chatting with Kenzie Brenna, who is just such an amazing human. She's like one of my favorite people to follow online. And over the last couple of years, I've been able to just connect with her more on social. And she's really supported my business, Pure Balance but also is just such an amazing human and everything she shares really resonates with me which we actually talk about in the episode but today's episode is a really really great conversation and the really cool thing about most of these recordings is that they were done at the end of last year so I now get to kind of revisit that conversation and see how it relates to me now which is really cool um But this one is really focused on living truthfully. So I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm going to let you dive right into the episode and hear from Kenzie and hear our conversation. And I will see you on the other side. Hi, Kenzie. Welcome to the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Hi, Al. It's so nice to chat with you. I'm so excited to be here. This is like literally like a pinch me moment because whenever you first released your podcast, which I don't when did you first release your own podcast? Mm, uh, 2020. Okay, that's what I thought. And whenever I listened to it, I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to have a conversation with her so bad. And then obviously I've got to know you like through social over the past couple of years, but we've Mm -hmm. never like gotten to talk face to face or met in real life. So this is really cool. Yeah, no, this is awesome. I have been following you for a while. We love your clothes so, so, so much. Mm -hmm. And it's been so fun to watch you grow and watch you be so transparent online. And it's such an honor to share space with you today and to talk about things that we're both interested and curious about. I'm so excited Mm and I'm so honored that you're interested in my pod and that we're connected today. Yes. So before we even go any further into our conversation, I always start by asking, how are you feeling today? So don't sugarcoat it, let it be whatever it is. And yeah, so how are you feeling? Excellent question. Excellent question. I'm actually feeling okay today. I had like a little love sesh with um, a friend this morning and I've been feeling very confused in my Mm -hmm. life right now Mm -hmm. and feeling very, very, very unsettled and nervous about what direction I'm headed in. Like I'm out of control and as if I'm dealing with a certain amount of uncertainty that I've never been used to and I've never encountered before. So I've had, I haven't been feeling great lately, but Mm -hmm. this morning I feel okay. I feel like this is what I'm doing today and that's Mm -hmm. all that I'm focusing on. And Mm -hmm. I feel more collected this morning, which feels really nice. So I feel settled and I feel happy and with some, I feel like there's some contentment there, which feels really nice. Um, Yeah. How are you feeling today? Oh, you're the first person to ask me that. <laughs> I don't know why more guests don't flip it on the host. I know. <laughs> um, so I'm feeling 
pretty decent. I feel like I'm a little bit all over the place. Um, as we were talking about earlier, like for Pure Balance, I had a launch this morning. So I always like tend to put a lot of pressure on myself when it comes to launches. And over the past couple of years have really worked really hard on like my expectations and just kind of like what I do on the day. Like I have to be like really careful on like what I'm kind of looking at and what I'm taking in from social media. And then if I'm comparing myself or comparing the brand or anything like that, but um, the business is kind of in a different position this time around than it has been in the past. So I'm trying to like look at it more of like a gratitude that I even get to like do a new launch or anything like that. So I don't know. It's just like a mind. Well, I can swear on this. <laughs> I was like, can I swear on this? But it's my podcast. Yeah. Hell it's yeah. honestly like you a mindfuck, like anything to do with like launching something, but like or something new in life, honestly, right? You're just kind of like, you set these expectations and then you're like, oh, wait, no, I shouldn't set expectations. But like, I really want this to happen. But like, okay, it's okay if it doesn't. And you're just kind of like going through that hamster wheel. Mm, yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's very hard to set expectations or to set goals and allow the end result to be whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's very vulnerable to be hopeful. It's very mm-hmm. vulnerable True. to be hopeful. To have hope is to be vulnerable because you are asking something that you don't know will exist. And mm-hmm. that's hard because there's a level of trust and there's a level of acceptance that this might not happen, right? Like mm-hmm. we hope yeah. that things work out. And we're also humans who, especially you and I, who overthink and go mm-hmm. through every point of possibility of of an ending. And you're like, there's that acceptance too, that it's like, yeah, this might not work out. And that's part of hope. So I feel you. It's like, I can imagine that the launch of something that's so personal and so meaningful to you can bring up those feelings of like, excitement and then mm-hmm. the coexistence of like dread, anxiety, grief, like misery where you're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is the worst and the best thing of my life. And so mm-hmm. I, I feel for you. Yeah. And I feel like as humans, we go through that a lot in our life, but we need, we may not relate it to necessarily like something like launching something in our business. Like I even like can think about it when it comes to relationships, right? It's like if you start dating and then you are like, kind of already going to that mindset like oh what if this is the person and then you're like kind of going through that and like you have the first date and then it's like nope or like they just ghost you and you're like shit there goes that whole like in your mind you're kind of building that fantasy right and you're like oh (laughs) but (laughs) it's just so ridiculous but I feel like as humans we go through all these things that we like I don't know whether it would be like a career or just like like you obviously like you're going through the process of getting a dog correct and that was not Mm -hmm. an easy process and it seemed like you really like went through it and you thought you were going to get a dog and then you couldn't and then now you're moving so I can see why you're feeling quite unsettled and lost Mm because it seems like there's a lot going on um and before we kind of like dive into that if no one knows who Kenzie is like I feel like your Instagram page has turned kind of into like a journal, but it's like everyone's journal almost. It's your words, (laughs) but it's like, I feel, and I notice this a lot when I see your post that a lot of people are commenting on it and being like, oh my gosh, like you're me, like you're saying things that I relate to, which is so cool. But I think you're just being vulnerable and you're just being yourself. But like when we're vulnerable and when we're ourselves, that's when we relate to humans the most. Like that's when we connect to others the most, right? So sidetracked, but I feel like I've been following you on Instagram for a while and I've definitely seen these shifts kind of like as you've been evolving and changing and it's really turned into like a really beautiful space. So I just wanted you to know Mm -hmm. that from like the outside, like it's I love it so much like every time you share something I'm like yes okay what can I learn today or like what can I relate to it's like always something that I can relate to and I feel like a like a large population of your community feels the same way as well thank you so much that was really kind thank Mm -hmm. you and very generous thank you I really really appreciate it it really 
I just feel so grateful to be in community with you and Mm -hmm. for you to witness me feels very, very sacred and it feels very loving and it feels exactly the way community should be Mm -hmm. witnessing, supporting, being present. And so I just feel very, very, very grateful I know that my Instagram has taken like so many turns and I am coming to accept that because it's hard mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. I want to be able to just post up content that I'm known for, like just stretch mark cellulite body stuff. Like I could just hammer that stuff out all day. But to be honest, the more that I recover and maybe you've experienced this too, but the more you recover, the more that you're like, I don't kind of kind of over it. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. really want to talk about those things anymore. And I go through that, but then also like, I love talking about my body. I love talking about bodies in general. And I love Mm -hmm. talking about recovery and it's never, it's never something that's final. So there's always something that's going on, even if it's like new or old, and there's always something to talk about. So I ebb and flow between like talking about the body stuff and talking about recovery and mental health. And then also talking about like culture and politics Mm -hmm. and certain ideas that I have about what's going on in the world. And I'm just like trying to be okay with the fact that it's a bit of a smorgasbord right now. And it's not concentrated down to just one thing and being okay if that doesn't resonate with people Mm -hmm. because that's really hard. I think that I crave being likable. I crave Mm -hmm. that. I want to be liked and I want to be loved. And as much as that's like a human trait, that's very much a Kenzie trait as well. Mm -hmm. And so I have like a bit of a hard time doing things that I know will piss people off because Mm. I feel like, oh my God, I'm not loved now. I've just pissed Mm. off this person online. They have unfollowed me. They don't like me. They're commenting with other people who don't like me. And I have to be okay with that. Like, I just have to go through that and just like, you know, talking about acceptance and just like accepting that and, and knowing that the more that you live to your truest self, you like your most authentic self, the the part of you that's like doesn't care about whether or not your perspective or your truth fits into the box of another, the more that you live that, the more that you're probably going to piss people off along the way. Mm-hmm. A person for everyone is a person for no one. Like you just mm-hmm. can't be a person for everyone. You're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to be. There are almost 8 billion people on the planet. You're going to be on in everyone's good graces? Like, absolutely not. So having the courage to be disliked and having the space to for me to also just go through the emotions of, fuck, this is really hard. I don't mm-hmm. like being disliked. I want every, I want everyone to love me because I feel unlovable. And if everyone loves me, then I'm safe and I'm secure, then I'm wanted, then I'm needed, then I'm not going to be exiled. And if everyone loves me, then I can rest. But can you ever actually rest? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think so. (laughs) I don't think so. So it's like letting go of that and just speaking my truth online. And so I feel so thankful that my stuff still resonates. And um, I just always, I always really appreciate it. So thank you. Of course. And I mean, it's a lot of work. Like, I don't think people fully understand, like, it takes a toll on you to not only create content, but when you are speaking from like your true self, it like, it's vulnerable to do that. And it's vulnerable to like put that content out there. But also, I do find it to be a little bit freeing as well. Like initially, like, right, you're just kind of like, okay, I let go of this. And maybe it was something that wasn't easy for me to share. But I feel better in sharing it myself. And then, of course, there's always going to be people that don't agree. But I do think, like, when you're speaking about, like, wanting to be loved, wanting to be liked, you could easily put yourself into, like, a little bubble, right? And just, like, Mm -hmm. just do the things that you know people are going to like. But in return, like, that's not going to fulfill you. Or that's actually more exhausting than having to deal with the feelings of being disliked. Oh my God. Absolutely. And I think you just, you become a little bit of a ghost to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you start living for other people, then who are you? 
Exactly. Who are you? You're start you're mirroring everyone around you. Then what do you actually think, believe in, and feel? Like we end up not knowing because we're just so focused on on resonating with other people. We're like, oh, that person likes this. Even on small things, like when you get together with a friend and they're like, I want to order pizza tonight. And you're like, okay, sure. But like inside you're like, I'm craving whatever, Mm -hmm. sushi. I mean, oh my God, let's get both. Like why choose? (laughs) But um, they don't like sushi plot twist. (laughs) (laughs) We're not friends then. We can't be friends, obviously. (laughs) Um, But let's say like even just such a small example like that, we will self-abandon in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like so many of us will just say like, oh yeah, absolutely. Let's just do that. Instead of saying the hard thing of no, no, I don't Mm -hmm. want that. I actually don't want that. And it was something very small that actually that kind of happened between me and my friend, Rini. She came over to Vancouver and we had like a day out. And we got, when we got back to my apartment, I was like feeling like a little bit tired and I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I don't really know where to go for dinner. Like I'm still new to this area. Is there any way we can just like order in? And I told her, I said, but like your choice, like if you want to go out, we'll definitely go out. And she was like, no, we can order in. And, and then like a couple of moments later, some somehow she was like, actually, is it okay if we go out? Like, I really do want to go out to eat. I never get to go out because I'm a mom and mm-hmm. um, like, it's hard going out for dinner. And it was something so small like that, that I said, absolutely. Thank you so much for telling me. Mm-hmm. I'm so yeah. glad that you told me like, of course, you know, just because I had this want and need doesn't mean that you can't have your want and need want and need and that we can't figure out a way to like meet in the middle or that I can't find a way to be flexible. Like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we went out and we had a great time and it was something so small like that. Those micro moments of us standing up for ourselves, of us saying like, no, yes, in our daily lives, we end up forging trust with people Mm -hmm. and safety and security. Cause you're like, oh my God, I can just be myself. I can say yes or no. And I'm not going to be rejected for it. Even something so tiny as like figuring out what to eat. And I know that sounds insignificant, but it really isn't like watch yourself and watch your nervous system when small things like that come up. Or what do you want to do on a Friday night? Do you want to go out or do you want to stay in? Maybe you're with friends or you're with your partner and just like watch how it's so easy to self-abandon. And then of course there's like the far other side of that is like the rigidity of Mm -hmm. not doing anything anything anybody else wants. And for people who are struggling with that, I would say like, how come? Like when, why was it, why is it unsafe to give up and to be flexible for Mm -hmm. others? Like why is it? control piece. Yeah, exactly. So I think there's like in those micro moments, just like watching how we self-abandon and how we preserve ourselves in different ways and how that ends up being a bigger issue of, oh my God, who am I? And I'm not really living for myself. I don't really have that voice inside of me that I honor. Every time that voice says something, I do whatever else some would, I do whatever somebody else wants. And I just think it's fascinating. And I think it's really hard to break those patterns. Mm -hmm. And I think as mostly as like, as women, women, so many of us are conditioned to just go with the flow, just go with the flow just be totally calm, chill, cool, and have no needs. And by that way, of course, you're going to be lovable. But it's like, what does that make you? That's not even Mm -hmm. human, you know? Yeah. That was a tangent. I don't even know where we started, but that's where we ended. (laughs) Well, I was going to say it's very much about being self-aware, which is Mm. really hard to learn. Um, And I would assume that you're pretty self-aware unfortunately to a fault yes. but I I was gonna say that like have you always been self-aware no um and this is I'm so glad that you brought this up because I'd love to explore this topic mm-hmm. with you and and cool. like what what is self-awareness because I have remembered distinctly and maybe other people have had these experiences I haven't actually ever said this out loud but I remember distinctly going through different phases of self-awareness. Like I remember when I was 18 or 19 and I got sober, I started to watch movies again that I watched even when I wasn't technically like 
drunk or high, mm-hmm. but like just pre my 19th birthday. And I remember watching movies and being like, I like this movie. Like, why did I like mm. this movie? Or I'm friends with this person. Why am I friends with this person? And it was almost like I became a little bit more self-aware mm-hmm. and there was no going back. And then it happened again when I was 25, where I, I got into a new crowd of people and I ended up um, just changing like my habits and some of my patterns. And then again, like I went back to do old things that I did. And I was like, I, why did was I always spending my time here? Why was I always go like why was I doing what what was what was this Mm -hmm. and then it happened again at 28 and it's happening now and Mm. it's like that self-awareness is building on mindfulness it's building on noticing noticing Mm. what's going on inside and noticing on what's going on outside and it is incredibly hard when we are so fucking distracted and Mm -hmm. when things are just automatically running it's very easy for us to stop noticing and for us to stop building that self-awareness and sometimes self-awareness is painful because you it's hard to it can be hard to turn off like Mm -hmm. sometimes you know you grow this type of sensitivity sensitivity that comes from it where you're so sensitive and you're so aware of what is going on that it can be overwhelming and it's like a sensory Mm -hmm. overload yeah but then there are other times where you're walking and you're like i don't even notice the sunshine on my cheeks or the wind passing through my body, or I don't notice the fact that I'm extremely hungry Mm. and I'm irritable and I don't notice that, or I'm lashing out at people and I don't, I don't even know that I'm doing it until someone says something. So I think like, you know, again, like kind of going on from one end of the spectrum to the other, self-awareness is difficult and Mm -hmm. it requires a level of mindfulness because you have to begin to notice what's going on with self. And that's really hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting. So for me, like being self-aware is more like in tuned into like my emotions and my triggers and kind of like how my body is feeling. So I didn't used to be very... I mean, I don't think I used to be very self-aware. I feel like I had self-awareness, but I just kind of like blocked it out or numbed it out. And then it wasn't until I was going through like treatment and recovery and through a lot of therapy that it was like learning about self-awareness. And then it's like probably within the last two years, it's like, oh, you actually are very self-aware, like use that to your advantage. So it's things like I can recognize like, oh, I'm feeling this way. And now I'm like, oh, okay, that it's because of X and Y or Z, right? It's like those triggers, like someone said this or someone did this. That's why I'm angry. Where before, like you just get angry or you just get frustrated and mm-hmm. then you don't really like figure out what it's like, why am I so angry or why am I frustrated? Like when this person probably did this to me or said this to me, but you don't, I don't want to say you don't have the tools to do it. You just like, you either don't want to listen to like your subconsciousness or like be like kind of because when you are self-aware and you do recognize is something like maybe someone says something that kind of really bothers you mm-hmm. um if you're not listening into i guess your self-awareness or just kind of like what they said and kind of diving deeper into it then you don't have to deal with those emotions mm-hmm. we're on like the other side mm-hmm. of it you're like, okay, I'm feeling like this because, and then I have to like let myself sit through it or get through it instead of just nubbing it out and pushing it away. So for me, that's kind of like how I picture self-awareness compared to kind of like mindfulness and the things around me. It's a lot, I mean, but this might just be like the phase I'm in right now, right? It's just like recognizing, okay, like I need like this much sleep or my body's going to do this. And then if I get tired and cranky throughout the day, it's like, this or like uh, it's even just things like being on your period and learning when you're going to be on your period and then recognizing Mm -hmm. like okay that's why my body is feeling this way so I know self-awareness is such a complex thing Mm -hmm. and it's hard for us to like fully tap in and it's not something you can just like fix like this no like you have to like really work at it I feel like it's a process for sure and Mm -hmm. I 
I think that there's a level of sensitivity that comes with it. Mm -hmm. And sensitivity is hard because it requires feeling. And we're Mm -hmm. so used to just numbing that shit right out. Let's just Mm -hmm. drink another beer or have another bag of popcorn or let's just order in another Uber Eats or let's go out and be with people that don't really make us feel like ourselves or let's just like watch one more TV show, whatever it is, whatever our numbing out is. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really, and you can be self-aware and still be numbing out. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. It, the But the process of increasing your self-awareness requires a level of sensitivity mm-hmm. and sensitivity requires a level of not numbing out, like, mm-hmm. and being in tune, not in tune, but being attuned to what's going on inside of your body. Yeah. We, have to work on this in my therapy. Um, I'm doing somatic based therapy right now. So it's a lot of being in your body. Mm. And one of the questions that my therapist asked that I just think is so genius. It's so such a simple question. And I'm always so dumbfounded, (laughs) but she'll say, I'll say something like I'm feeling frustrated Mm -hmm. at this thing that's going on in my life. I'm feeling very frustrated by it. And she'll say, how can you tell that you're frustrated? Mm. And I'll be like, what? I'm just frustrated. Like, I just feel frustrated. And she'll say, how can you tell? Mm. And I'm like, because I am feeling angry. And she'll say, how can you tell? And that Mm. requires you to sit in that emotion and to say, wow, how can I tell that I'm feeling angry. Well, I'm feel- I know that I'm feeling angry because my face is tightening and I feel like I'm ha- I'm having racing thoughts right now. And I'm mm-hmm. feeling angry because I have a lot of movement in my body that feels a little bit chaotic. And I'm feeling angry because I'm also feeling hurt. And I know that I can tell that I'm feeling frustrated because it feels like there's a buzzing or a pulling in my chest, like whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? But you have to start slowing down and noticing your sensations. And that is fucking terrifying when mm-hmm. you have been training yourself to live neck up. Mm-hmm. So many of us live neck yeah. up and we don't live in our bodies and we have no idea what the hell we're feeling. And we're just running around just throwing feelings all over the place and not even knowing what the hell is going on inside of ourselves. It's like, what is actually going on? And that's really difficult. That's really, really difficult to answer when mm-hmm. we don't even know how to look or or we don't know how to look and distinct between like what different feelings are going on or what's going on with my thoughts or anything like that. People are just like, I'm angry. And you're like, at what? And they're like, I'm angry. Order the pizza. And you're like, yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Or I'm angry. Let's just go for drinks, you know? And yeah, let's just blow off some steam. Yeah. Like, Which is, what are you what are you blowing the steam off from? Yeah. No, I'm just right. Angry. Right. <laughs> just right. Like, it's staying in the shallow part of the pool. Mm-hmm. And which has safety and security in it. So like, don't get me wrong. Like sometimes like we need to go out for those drinks and we need to just like blow off some steam exactly how you said, you know, whatever our coping mechanisms are. I don't want to take anyone's coping mechanism away or shame anybody for anything because that's all real. That all keeps us Mm -hmm. regulated. Like we have those to keep ourselves regulated. So I don't want to take any of those away, but it, it, I guess I think that I ask myself quite often am I fulfilled? Hmm. Not am I happy? Because I don't think happiness and being fulfilled are necessarily the same. I think you can be very fulfilled in life and feel lost and not feel quite happy. And so I ask myself, like, am I fulfilled? And is this meaningful to me? And if Uh it's not, then I try to reflect on it. And I still like, you know, I want to say with a caveat here, like I am not great at, like I say this, but, but I don't want people to tell a story about me pretending mm-hmm. like I like thinking that I have it figured out because I really don't like, I still, mm-hmm. I still have moments of eating past fullness, you know, and checking out. I still have moments of 
being enraged when someone cuts me off in traffic and Mm -hmm. and like giving them the (laughs) finger and just being like how fucking dare you like you just ruined my day (laughs) so (laughs) I don't want to come across like I have it all figured out or that I'm sitting in like perfect self-awareness and I'm saying like like, am I fulfilled and no none of that I just mean it's like a regular practice for me to check in with myself most I would say weekly of how did I feel this week what was meaningful what came up and trying to create habits of fullness Mm -hmm. try to create rituals that bring me back to myself instead of take me out of me if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense Yeah, totally. It's really about like, so what you were saying about when your therapist said, so how do you know if you're frustrated? How do you know if you're angry? When I started to do therapy again in, I think, 2020, um, I was just like really burnt out and not in a good space and like overly stressed, very, very stressed. So I started therapy again. And like at the, I would say for the first year of it, it was my therapist was working on me figuring out kind of like a level from one to 10 of the stress levels and what that means and what that looks like in my body so that I could become very self-aware like when I was getting stressed to not let it get to the 10 because I was just constantly living at a 10 all the time just like constantly Mm -hmm. stressed living at the top and I just didn't know like another way to like feel I was just like this Mm -hmm. is just how it is all the time so I totally forgot about that until you said that. And I was like, whoa, that's actually so smart. And that's probably why like all these years, well, I mean, it's only been like two years, but constantly working at that, right? And constantly trying to recognize, okay, like this is what a 10 feels like. How can we get lower and lower? And like, what is the different stages? So like, usually you can kind of figure out when you're stressed. Like most of us will feel it in our shoulders. Like we just feel really tense. We start to like tighten up. Like, and if you're listening to this, you're probably feeling your shoulders tighten up. Cause it's just like that kind of like awareness that we have when we hear someone talk about that, we automatically go like, Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just relax them. It's like, that's, even though that is like, seems like a difficult thing. It's like, when you notice that your shoulders are like tense, it's just like, three seconds of just like letting it go and letting it relax and then usually for some of us maybe we get super stressed and like our anxiety goes up and we start to get shaky and we start to get hot it's like can you be aware of those really small things that feel massive in your body but are easy if you're in tune with yourself to kind of just adjust in the moment and it's not as hard as that we think it is So when we think like, oh my gosh, like I'm so tight in my shoulders, like I probably need to get a massage, but like, can we work on that daily to kind of work on just letting go a little bit throughout our day? And like, when you find yourself really tense, what are you doing in that moment that's making you really tense? Can you step away from it? Or can you, I don't know, take a little break? So Mm self-awareness, like it's really coming back to that self-awareness and just kind of being more even more aligned with what's going on in your body and kind of recognizing how your mind is contributing to it I think Mm, absolutely yeah I think that creating habits that support ourselves instead Mm -hmm. of almost like prolong the damage of ourselves is really important I think that it's very easy for me to binge or over or overeat on food. Very easy. Mm-hmm. That is the go-to. Go-to. Yeah, it's Let's... like your safety zone, right? Oh, yeah. God, yes. That's the best. <laughs> I have it perfectly curated. And watching TV. I've been doing that shit since I was seven years old, since I started mm-hmm. to check out. And it is so safe for me to do that. It is so predictable. It regulates me like nothing else. Like I feel so good when I do those things. Mm-hmm. And those things also hurt me in the long run mm-hmm. because while yes, they are necessary at times for me to self-regulate. And because again, like I don't think people quit things. Cold turkey and binge eating is a different beast because you're not, you can't ever quit food. So like yeah. lots of caveats on that, but in lots the of gray long, zone. Yeah. Yeah. Gray zone. 
especially big, when it comes to time. anything with food. It's like, it's a lot of gray zone. Massively. Absolutely. Like there's, there's like 500 shades of gray there yeah. for people to land on. <laughs> forget for sure. 50 shades of gray. Yeah, forget- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So I think that it's like, what habits can I have that support me and, Mm -hmm. and increase my fulfillment to life. And that helped me create a life that I don't need an escape from. Mm. And that for me looks like anything from doing puzzles to meeting up with my friends and having very enriching and deep conversations with Mm. them to doing the journaling sessions on Instagram to connecting Mm -hmm. with community digitally. Like right now, Mm -hmm. it has to do with walking, finding a really good podcast and going on a walk or creating a new playlist and going on a walk, like doing some sort of meditation reading in the mornings, having tea, all of these things support me. All Mm -hmm. of them, all of them feel supportive and feel regenerative. I feel good after I do these things. Whenever I binge and whenever I, whenever I overeat and whenever I overwatch TV or Netflix afterwards, I feel like I need a new coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to now cope from my coping. And that's how I think it's, it's that is such an interesting space to get curious about and to develop mm, self-awareness yeah. in. You know, like what's going on here with my coping mechanisms that require more coping mechanisms because mm-hmm. it is like cyclical, right? So there's that 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 space that we can all get kind of that we can slow down and get curious about and see if we can maybe pause on some of the coping mechanisms that have negative side effects later on. You know, maybe pause if we're able to substitute them, even just for a moment, even if it's just for a day, if we're able to find something that's more supportive and more regenerative, I think that is, that is so, that requires so much work and so much self-awareness and it is incredibly difficult and doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. I want to say that it does not happen overnight at all. Yeah. I think like it really turns into fulfillment so it goes back to saying like is this fulfilling me but it's not like the fulfilling me like if I go and overeat I'm gonna feel fulfilled in a in a way that that's my coping mechanism but afterwards I'm not gonna feel fulfilled Mm -hmm. right whereas if like Instead, you go meet up with a friend and you have like a really good conversation. And I'm talking like a vulnerable conversation where you really feel like you're yourself. That is going to be more fulfilling and ultimately can be another coping mechanism. Mm. So it's kind of going back to like looking at fulfillment instead of looking at like, oh my gosh, my life is fulfilled. I'm so happy. I have everything I want and everything I need. And I feel like on top of the world, which we know is not possible as human beings, Compared to, oh, today I was feeling like shit, but I went for a walk. I read a book. Um, I don't know. I talked to a friend. Yeah. I took a nap. Like, and I feel really fulfilled. And when we do those sorts of things, is kind of where we tend to put a lot of judgment on ourselves because it's like, oh, we needed to take a break and go for a thirty-minute walk instead of getting thirty minutes of work done, mm-hmm. or we needed to take a nap, or reading a book for an hour is actually more productive than sitting on my computer for an hour answering emails. So it's like, yeah, I'm loving our conversation. We're talking about like self-awareness and fulfillment. And it's just, it's so interesting how we as humans can kind of, I don't know, like, we see all these different ways in life that we think that we're going to be fulfilled or that we think that we're going to have like feel that happiness. But Mm -hmm. I wish we could just like recognize that we can feel that same happiness, like by doing the smallest things in life. Mm, Yeah. Like we don't have to go on a massive trip. We don't have to be in that relationship. We don't have to, hit this much money in a year like Mm. to feel that fulfillment and that happiness like instead maybe you're actually going to feel happier by doing like the smallest thing every single day or once a week or once a month and like 
it probably is going to cost you zero dollars but like we just kind of like are living in a society where we need all those big flashy things and those trips Mm. and this and that and to feel like we it's almost like we our fulfillment and our happiness has to fit in with everyone else's Mm -hmm. but is everyone else's fulfillment and happiness really their fulfillment and happiness Mm, you know yeah absolutely for sure it's like again kind of coming back to the self-abandoning where we're just going to go along and do whatever other people are doing I was just talking about this with my friend this morning like sometimes sometimes I crave like a pumpkin spice latte life. And I said that to her and it's exactly what you think. I want to wear like riding boots and I want to wear a white sweater. And I just want like 2.5 kids and a golden retriever and a white picket fence house and a husband. Like I, that's the only thing I want. And I want to get a pumpkin spice latte and walk around a park with my friend. And then like, that's it. Mm -hmm. And that is a story that I'm telling myself because people who do that, live very different lives at yeah. very at various depths. And but there's an idea that I've told myself that with, like you said, like, you know, with those big things, like with the trip or the money or even a spouse, like mm-hmm. my life is going to change for the better. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that thing that also happens in weight loss and in and when we're going through mm-hmm potentially when we're going through a disorder, when it's like, we will be happy when we hit the size two, size four, size six, size zero, like whatever it is, we will be happy Mm -hmm. when we get to the goal weight. And then that happens and you're like, okay, well now it's just five more pounds or now it's just one more size. And then you realize it will never be enough Mm-hmm. ever. And you might get the spouse and you might get the house and you might get the trip and you might get the car and you might get the promotion. And then at the end, you're like, I thought I was supposed to be happy. Mm-hmm. I thought I was supposed to be fulfilled. I thought that, but you'll, again, you'll quickly realize that like a lot of the, I think the cookie cutter life that we've built in the West I'm not a hundred percent sure it makes people as happy and fulfilled as we may think. And that doesn't mean that people don't enjoy partnership or don't enjoy like security, like a house Mm -hmm. or don't enjoy being recognized at their job or don't enjoy fulfillment as, um, as a parent. I don't want to say any of that. I just Mm -hmm. mean that there's this idea of a timeline and milestones to hit on the timeline and life fucking exists between those milestones Mm -hmm. and life is happening right now. It's not happening when it's happening now. And we're not waiting for the trip to feel happy. And we're not waiting for this. Like we're focusing in on ourselves now and focusing on what fulfills us and what brings us joy and how we can be better now, not when, because that moment is not guaranteed. You're just not guaranteed those things, which is scary and vulnerable to lean into And also like what you said, it's freeing. Like Mm. it means that you don't have to wait. You actually get to start now. So I think it's, but I think it's hard because that also requires patience and it requires like Mm -hmm. due diligence of being present with our lives now, making adjustments, finding joy in the small things, like my tea in the morning, reading in the Mm. morning, lighting lighting a new candle, finding a good show to watch finding a friend that wants to go to like a writing class like it's all of the little things mm-hmm. that all of a sudden brings so much joy and you're like I don't need to wait for the promotion or the kids or the or the spouse or the the whatever it is I don't need to wait for those things because I'm creating happiness now I'm creating mm-hmm. it now in my life and I'm not waiting for it I think it's hard and again, like I don't have it figured out. Trust me, I uh, yeah. wake up a lot of the days, and I'm like, why, why is this happening? So again, like I'm not, um, I am not the poster child for this by any means, but I am trying to create a life that I don't need an escape from, and I'm trying to create a life that I find happiness or fulfillment, or and fulfillment in, regardless of how it turns out. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. And I also think like when you're trying to live your life that way, you have to be recognizing and accepting the fact that there's so many unknowns. 
Oh my God. Because yeah. you, you're not chasing that timeline. I mean, to a degree, you have a certain timeline in your brain. Like I feel like as humans, we can't fully let go of that. But I used to be so, so stuck on the whole fact that I had to have kids by the time I turned 30. Like I, and I'm 29. So like, that's not going to happen. I'm not even in a relationship. It's just not. Mm. And like, honestly, mm. I don't want to have kids right now. Like I am not in a stage where I would want to have kids at this point in my life. Like I'm not ready. Like, oh, I would totally have kids tomorrow if I could, but like, I just wouldn't be able to give them the life that I want to give them. So but it's like we're so conditioned to wanting that by like and all of us have different like age ages for different steps in our lives like I was talking to someone else who like had the same thing in their mind but they needed to have kids by the time they got turned 26 and it's like well why why did we like come up with these like age brackets Mm -hmm. and timelines in our head and when we start to recognize like no, like we're all going down our own journeys and we all have our own past and like everything is going to work out how it's supposed to. You have to be like really, that's hard. That's really hard to like recognize that because you do have to live more in the moment because if you get so hung up on like, well, I wish I had this or why do I not have this? Why is this not happening to me? Like, why is this happening instead? You that just like turns into the comparison trap like mm. well this person has it so like why can't i have it and like what what's wrong with me why don't i have that if they have it and then you don't have like there is more unknowns there is more of like the feeling of being lost the feeling of not knowing like what's going to happen which so many of us deal with but we don't talk about it enough because like i feel like we feel like ashamed to share like i'm so lost like i don't know what i'm mm. doing with my life but it looks like it I do, but I don't. And like, that's okay. You can feel lost. Like that's totally okay. We're going to feel lost and we can find our way. And maybe we just have to evolve and change the way our route goes. Like mm-hmm. that part of life and that kind of like feeling is, I just feel like it's so normal, but mm-hmm. we feel so alone in it. Yeah, Like that feeling of like lost and just like not knowing and just feeling like disconnected from either ourselves or the people around us, um, like how close friends, like maybe we're all at different stages in our lives. Like I, that's happening with me right, me right now. Like I just feel super disconnected because I'm on a completely different path than they are. And it's like, how do I even like relate to them at this point? And it's just that. And But I don't want to talk to them about it because what if I'm like, I just don't know how to relate to you anymore. And like, mm-hmm. I'm like more afraid of what they're going to say and what they're going to think of me than actually just like being around them. But mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I feel like we all go through it, but we just don't want to like bring it up, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, I, I totally feel you on mm-hmm. sometimes we outgrow relationships and um, not that that is, is good or not that that means that you're better or anything like that. I just mean mm-hmm. that dynamics change when people's lives pan out differently, right? Um, and I do think that it's extremely and painfully vulnerable to just be honest with people and just be like, I had this, I because I had that same interaction with a friend earlier this year. We had been friends since gosh, since we were like 17, 17 or 18, we'd been best friends and we just have grown apart since our mid twenties. And I'm in my life. I'm at like a point in my life and I've got a couple of years on you. So don't be so hard on yourself, but I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, Oh God, I just don't have fucking time for the bullshit. I just, Mm -hmm. I can't, I, I am, I am so at a place where I just like, I cannot live without calling stuff that is unspoken into reality. Like, mm-hmm. so with this friend, I, she kind of reached out. I think she, I, yeah, I can't remember exactly how the conversation started, but I was like, I was like, look, like we're just different. Like we're just vastly different people right now. And we don't relate to one another. Like I cannot relate to your life and you cannot relate to mine. And like, we've grown apart. Why is that so difficult for us to honor about ourselves and about our journey? Mm -hmm. 
but it is really painful and it requires like a lot of vulnerability because you have to just, you have to look at what is and, and Mm -hmm. own it and not be worried about whether or not a person is going, if you're like disappointing someone, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not to say that we don't care about how people feel, of course. And that's Mm -hmm. why you're doing it because you know what it's like to just have dishonesty or have things that are being unspoken kind of like under the surface. Like I'm sure that we've all been in those types of relationships, like whether it's friendship or familial or uh, romantic relationships, we're like, we're not talking about this thing. We're not talking about it. We're just going to like, it's just going to be a thing that like exists under the Mm -hmm. covers of our friendship. And we're just like, not going to talk about it. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like because I have ADHD or because of how I was raised, I don't know what it is, but I just have to scream whatever's under the covers. I'm just like, are we ever not going to discuss this thing? Like, I just can't do it. And I'm especially at my life now where I'm like, wow, I really have no time to just fuck around. I just don't mm-hmm. have it. I don't have it in me. Um, So I think where I'm going with this is like, I think that we are so fucking nervous about being rejected and yes. rejecting uh, and being nervous about rejecting other people. And I think that when we succumb to those nerves and when we don't actually do what we want in relationship, we self-abandon and mm-hmm. we just do things to just keep things copacetic. We mm-hmm. just keep things, just keep, just placate it, just keep things leveled because that's where there's safety and security. And mm-hmm. I think that if we lived our bold and honest truth, and again, there's time and place, but like, I think that if we live the bold and honest truth that requires a certain level of vulnerability and that requires us to acknowledge that we're going to go into the uncertain and we don't really know mm-hmm. how these people are going to act. And what if I'm rejected? And what if I don't mean what I say? And like, what if this causes conflict? And then we're like, God damn, I've never been told and I've never been shown exactly how to deal with conflict and how to handle myself in a regulated way. So I'm just going to avoid that. And let's just like order the pizza and not talk about the things. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, why am I unhappy? Or like, why can't I stop thinking about new friends or a new partner or a new life? And it's like, because we're not living truthfully. Mm -hmm. And I think that what I hope that I have in friendships now is this like an allegiance to truth. Like Mm -hmm. let's just all commit to our truth. And if that matches up with each other, amazing. If we can coexist in our truth, incredible. And if we can't, it's, it's no problem. I want Mm -hmm. you to live in whatever is the highest truth for you. And Mm -hmm. I want the same for me. And sometimes that's not going to be able to coexist and that's okay. And learning to be okay with that is, I think, very, very difficult. Um, I know we're kind of like running out of time a little bit, but just also coming back to those timelines um, of life, you know, I'm turning 33 this year. I'm childless. I... Mm -hmm. I'm very single and I'm not interested in meeting anybody. And I feel like I'm on a different timeline and I'm scared. I'm so scared, Allie. I feel Mm -hmm. really nervous about my life. I feel like I'm nervous. I'm not going to end up fulfilled and happy. I'm nervous that I'm getting it wrong. And I lean into those nerves every single day. And sometimes I lean into those nerves with a bag of popcorn and with Uber Eats. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I lean into those nerves with a journal and with meditation and with tears. And sometimes I lean into them with community and with my heart. And I just want to say like to anybody who's listening right now, like it's totally okay if you're on this like messed up journey too. And it's totally okay if you're not hitting the milestones and you're not meant to, and you're meant to exist exactly where you are at this moment, even if you don't know why. Mm. Just It's just stop trying to force shit that isn't supposed to happen right Mm -hmm. now and just let go of the goddamn reins and just be confused and just Mm. be in pain and just be Mm -hmm. lost. That's it. And Maybe there's no happiness to find there, 
Like you, maybe you can't find that right now and maybe you're not supposed to. Life isn't always about being happy. Um, mm. I think that there's times where we have to be lost and be out of control and be directionless or just being in discomfort and who to whoever's going through that, like, you know, you're not alone and you have got community here with Ali and I, and we feel you and, you know, timelines and milestones are there and they're also not there for a lot of people and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I also want to say, if you have hit the milestones and they didn't work out for you, that's okay too. Like if you hit the milestones yeah. and you thought that that was what you were supposed to be doing and it ended up that you were really unhappy and had to change things like that's also okay you're probably also going to feel the same feelings that we're feeling but at a different yeah. stage in your life but it doesn't mean that you have to stay stuck in whatever whatever happened in the past doesn't mean that you have to keep it going just because you think you have to so well said yeah well I feel like this is a really good point to end, even though I could keep talking to you forever. <laughs> <laughs> this has been lovely. Thank you so much, Allie. So before you go, I do have a rapid fire. Let's go. So we do five questions and try and just let whatever comes up answer, like a sentence, a word, whatever works. I love it. Um, okay. So question number one is what is something you do that makes you feel good? I'm like, what are those things again? We just talked about everything. Making tea in the morning with my book. Yes, love that. Number two is what is something you value? Mm -hmm. Honesty. Mm -hmm. Number three, what is something you want to let go of? The need to be right. Mm, that's so good. Number four. <laughs> so what is, hard. It's so hard, but that's like, <laughs> No one said that yet. So that's why I was like, that's so true. Mm -hmm. I am also that person. Um, I have to be right. I'm like, if too. I know I'm right, I'll, I got to message you 12 a.m. I'm like, by the way, I'm right. I won't, I won't let down. I won't let down ever. No, there's no room for your truth. It's just mine. <laughs> so true. All right. Number four is what is something you're working on? So it can be in any aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. Pausing. Pausing, mm. pausing, pausing, working on being less urgent, working on pausing, working on slowing down. Awesome. And the last one is, how do you want to be remembered? Mm. I think truthfully, I think however people see me. And I think that would be interesting in and of itself. I hope mm -hmm. that at my funeral, I have haters who come. <laughs> and then I hope, I pray that there's an afterlife because I would just be so curious how different people remember me. I'd be like, oh, that's, I know. Oh, that's how I came across that person. Oh, fascinating. Oh, that person thinks I'm an asshole. Oh, it's so interesting. Like, I just want to know. So I, I hate to say, I feel like it's a little bit of a boring answer, but just truthfully, however people do remember mm -hmm. me and if they can be honest about it, just know that I'd be looking down being so happy. <laughs> <laughs> they were to be honest about it love it already before so. we sign off where can everyone find you on all the things yeah on instagram and tiktok and twitter i'm at kenzie brenna and on for podcasts i'm conversations with kenzie and that's it that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining and for this beautiful conversation. I cannot wait for everyone to hear it. Uh, it was such a gift to be able to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much for sharing your time and space today and having me on and talking about all of these wonderful things that we value. I really appreciate it. You're so welcomed. Well, there you have it. I hope you loved today's episode with Kenzie and there was something that you were able to take away. Uh, I'm actually, what I've been doing is when I've been editing these episodes is obviously I'm taking down notes because I want to find the quote and then just find the little nuggets of what the episode is about. And I'm thinking maybe I'll share like some of the things that really stuck out to me. Um, 
which seems to be a lot, but I thought maybe that could be helpful. I will try it for this episode and see how I feel. Um, so some things I wrote down is it's vulnerable to be hopeful, which is so true. Um, obviously, we talked about self-abandonment, self-awareness, um, and kind of learning how to figure out where your anxiety and stress lives in your body um, and how your thoughts are affecting how you feel in your body which is what I literally just said, Uh, finding things that are fulfilling and then finding things, finding happiness now instead of when you are chasing something that you think will bring you happiness. Like, oh, we just need to repeat that over and over and over to ourselves, I feel like. Um, Life exists between the milestones. Another really freaking amazing quote. Life is happening now. I wrote it down again. Um, And then we are focusing on fulfillment and joy now and not when because life is not guaranteed. So I hope you really loved today's episode and I would love it so much if you could subscribe, leave a review, follow um, on Instagram, which is at feeling good sometimes um pod at feeling good sometimes pod if you want to follow me i am at Allie jean d i think yep and then obviously kenzie is at kenzie brenna this will all be in the show notes so this is a little bit longer of an ending um i have been sick for the last week so i'm just like really not into my monday today but anyway i really hope you enjoyed today's episode and As always, I always love to hear from anyone who listens. If anything resonated with you, please tag either the podcast or Kenzie or me in whatever you would like to share because hearing it is, and hearing and knowing that it resonates with you is really what this is all about. So anyway, have a great rest of your week and I will see you next Tuesday.